0: All right, today, uh, in case you didn't know, today's the first Sunday of Advent. Advent runs November 28th this year through uh, Friday evening, December 24th. So this is the first Sunday of Advent. uh, Advent really, if you look it up in a dictionary, you might uh, find just the basic definition is the arrival of something. Uh, It's the arrival of something, particularly something special, something important, So, you know, the advent of something is is the arrival, you know, something has has arrived that that we've looked forward to, that we've waited for, and and here it is. Uh, In particular, Advent is often used in association with the arrival of a king, the advent uh, of a a king's reign, the reign of a king or or a leader. Uh, For the Christian, uh, Advent is the arrival of our king. Uh, the arrival of Jesus. Uh, the Old Testament, uh, the, the followers of God in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the coming of their king, and, and uh, it had been prophesied. Uh, in the Old Testament alone, there are over 300 prophecies of the first coming of Jesus. And, and they read these prophecies, they heard these prophecies proclaimed, and, and they looked forward to the advent of Of their king, and and they stayed encouraged as they looked for this coming of the king. They stayed encouraged by looking at the testimonies of God's faithfulness. Uh, They looked back and and they saw that that there was a flood, Uh, but before that flood, there was an ark, and God saved his people, and then he put a sign in the sky in the form of a rainbow, a promise to his people Uh, there was bondage but then there was an exodus there was a river but it divided Uh, there was a fiery furnace for Shadrach Meshach and Abednego but God delivered them there was a lion's den for Daniel but God delivered him and over and over and over again they saw the faithfulness of God that, that he never fails and he never deserts his people and they continued to believe and continued to believe in the advent of their king. And Jesus came, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again. And that first coming is so incredibly important to us because his first coming is the thing that sets us up for redemption. It sets creation up to be redeemed back in to the family of God the family that we were created for. And so for us, as Christians, when we talk about Advent, we stand in the middle of history, really, and we look back at the first Advent because the first coming of Jesus has incredible importance for us, right? Incredible importance. But we also stand and look forward to his return. And so for Advent, Advent for us as believers has a double meaning. We celebrate his first coming. We do. We celebrate his first coming. We'll sing songs all through this Christmas season. We'll sing songs about his first coming. We'll we'll be remembered. We'll remember Bethlehem, and we'll remember the birth of a baby, how God, the, the creator of everything, humbled himself to the point of being born in a manger living and dying for us. We will look at that first coming. We will celebrate it. We will remember it. But we also, throughout Advent, we turn and we look forward in faith, waiting. Just as the believers of the Old Testament waited for the first Advent, we wait for his second coming. Because it's in his second coming that that redemption is fully established. And we get to spend eternity with Him. Today, uh, we celebrate on this first, first Sunday of Advent. The theme for the first Sunday of Advent is hope. Uh, if you look up hope in the dictionary, it might say something like a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, hope. Uh, The Bible mentions hope 129 times. Uh, In the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. The confident expectation of what God has promised. That's why it was so important for the believers of the Old Testament, the followers of God, to look at the things that God had done to remind themselves over and over and over of the faithfulness of God. It bolstered their hope as they looked forward to his advent, as they looked forward to the coming of their king, their confidence was bolstered through God's faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is the foundation of hope. Now, sometimes we use this word hope in in some kind of shallow ways. Uh, we, we use hope to represent things that we want or things that we wish would happen. You know, I hope this happens, I hope that happens. I hope I get this for Christmas. I hope so and so will do this for me. Uh, I hope my team can hang on Sometimes our hope is dashed <laughs> when we put our hope in shallow things. But when we put our hope in God, we're never disappointed. In the life of a Christian, hope is more than just wishful thinking. The hope of Advent is a confidence that is built in God's faithfulness. And that's why, just like the followers of God in the Old Testament, we, the believers of God today, we look at the testimonies of God's faithfulness. We look at all of the ways that God has come through, all of the ways that God has been true to his promises. Because all of the promises of God are yes and amen. He is always faithful. He is always true to his word. Our Father makes promises, and our Father is faithful. Uh, years and years ago, I, I think it was 1995, uh, we took a trip. Uh, my wife and I took a team from the University of Georgia to Northern Ireland, and we took our children. Mason was seven at the time. Grace Ann was five, and they went with us, and then also Melissa's mom went with us, and her job was to, you know, keep, keep watch over the kids while we did the ministry. It was in a an evangelism trip. And so we, were, we would be doing street ministry every day and she would take care of the kids while we led the students. And I had promised Grace Ann, five-year-old Grace Ann, that she could have the window seat uh, on the flight. And we get on the flight and, and as we get up in the air and kind of leveling out, I, I noticed that uh, her grandmother, my mother-in-law, was negotiating with Grace Ann, which hardly ever turns out well. Um, She's negotiating with Grace Ann for the window seat. And Grace Ann, five years old, stands up in her chair. And she looks at Melissa's mom and she puts her hands on her hips and she says, my daddy said I could have the window seat. And so you, you can figure out from that who got the window seat. That is, our hope is built on the fact that our daddy makes promises and he keeps them. And he has promised, not only did he promise that Jesus would come once, not only did he promise that Jesus would die for our sins, not only did he promise that on the third day he would be raised again, he has promised that he will return and that he will establish his kingdom on earth, and that we will reign with him forever and ever. Our hope is not a wish that we throw at God. Our hope is a confidence that God is trying to birth in us. In Romans 15, Paul, he's written this letter to the Roman church, and and he finishes up really uh, the body of the letter in chapter 15. And then verse 16 he uses uh, to send greetings to, to a lot of his friends. At the end of chapter 15, after he's finished uh, what he wants to say to the church, he, he finishes chapter 15 with a prayer. And, and the prayer is found really in verses 9, the latter part of verse 9 all the way through verse 15. Uh, but I, I want to I lift out for you this morning What he says in verse 13. So this is Romans 15, 13. It goes like this. (laughs) Sort of. There we go. One more time. Or, yes. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace You know, sometimes we say things like, uh, I've lost hope. Sometimes we say, I'm, I'm hopeless. Sometimes we say it's a hopeless situation. And I know those are words that have been had been said a lot uh, in the last couple of years as, as things have been difficult and people have gone through hard times and uh, we've lost loved ones and we've struggled and it and, uh, seems like the world is just, lost its way and sometimes we, we look at it and we say boy it's just, it's just hopeless some people say I, I have lost hope and I, I want to say to you right now listen, listen to me, hear, hear me clearly you can't lose hope you can't according to Paul God is the God of hope he owns it Hope is his. You can't lose it. You can forget where it comes from. You can lose sight of the source of hope, and you can start to look in the wrong direction. You can look to the wrong things, and you can believe in the wrong things in hope of acquiring hope. But you can't lose hope. You can't lose hope any more than you can lose God. And God is not losable. The Bible says there's nowhere you can go to escape his presence. When you're sitting down, standing up, running, walking, hiding, God is everywhere. There's nowhere you can go to escape his presence. You can't lose hope. We don't actually lose hope, but sometimes we forget where hope comes from. But Romans tells us in chapter 15 that hope comes from God that he is the God of hope. It's not something that we throw up at him. It's not something we try to come up with in our our minds. You don't imagine hope. You don't work up hope. Hope is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Hope is the result of the faithfulness of God. That's what it is. And hope leads to faith when we put our trust in him. The scripture says, he will give us hope. When we put our trust in Him, as we trust in Him, He will give us hope. Our hope comes from God. According to Paul, He is the God of hope. Psalm 39, 7 says, my hope is in you, O Lord. I will lift up my eyes. I will look to the hills. Where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. That's where hope comes from. Hope doesn't come from a good feeling. God, hope doesn't even come from a good result. Hope comes from a good God. Hope, again, is what He wants for us. We're not trying to talk God into creating a hopeful situation. We're not trying to convince God that we need hope. He's trying to convince us that we have hope because He has never failed. Never. Not even once. And secondly, hope comes to us and is a gift to us from the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's Romans 5, Romans 15 we read a few few minutes ago says that God will overflow us with peace and joy Through the Holy Spirit, when we put our trust in him, when we put our hope in him, we are intended by God to overflow with hope. Does that feel like where you are? We are intended by God to overflow, to overflow with peace and joy because of the hope that we have because we have trusted in God, the God of hope. When we lose hope, it's because we've turned and we've focused on the wrong thing. We've put our confidence in circumstances. We've put our confidence in wishful thinking. We've put our confidence in what we imagined things would look like. Instead of putting our confidence in God. Instead of putting our trust in him and allowing him through the Holy Spirit to pour his hope in us. How do we live in hope? By being convinced that God is faithful, that what he promises will happen. How do we live in hope? We stand up in our chair. And we look at the world and we say, my daddy said, (laughs) my daddy said, Advent, we stand in the middle and we look back and we celebrate the first Advent. We celebrate the coming of the King. We celebrate his life and his death and his resurrection. And then we turn and we look forward in in anticipation, in faithful, eager anticipation. We look forward for another advent. As incredible, listen to me, As incredible as his first coming was, the purpose of his first coming was to position us for his return. The climax of history, his return. You want to hope in something? Hope in that. Hope in his return and you will not be disappointed because my daddy said he's coming back. Now, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your promises are true, every one. You have never failed, not even once, and you never will. We trust you. We lean into you, we put our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask our ministry teams to come uh, and get into place, we wanna have a time of ministry. and This is what I wanna say to you about about hope. Um, I I get it. Uh, Don't think that there haven't been days when I have felt like hope was hard to reach. We all have those days. What what I'm saying, I'm not trying to deny your hurt or your feeling or your sense of loss. What I'm saying to you is that uh, we need to take our eyes off of what we think is hopelessness and turn and look at The one who is faithful, who can actually give us hope even when our circumstances say, you've lost hope, you're hopeless, this can never change. Even in those times, maybe especially in those times, turn and look at the one who is our hope. Not just the one who gives us hope, the one who is our hope. Not denying any situation that any of you is up against. Not saying that it's not real. Your stuff is real, but He is able. And if you will turn and put your trust in Him, He will give you hope even in the worst of circumstances. All right, why don't you stand? I'm gonna pray and then I just encourage you if you need hope today, You need to refocus today and put your hope in him instead of your situation or your own resources, to put your trust in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your behalf. And I encourage you to come and get prayer today. Lord, we trust you, we do. Help us to trust you more. Help us, Lord not to take our eyes off of you, ever. Help us, God, not to look to the left, not to look to the right, but to fix our gaze on you. Fill us, God. Overflow our lives with your hope through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.